I want to share and learn together with you is to be divided into two parts. The first aspect is about some words about worship. Worship is a command of God. God has commanded us to worship Him. But worship is not the need of God. God doesn't need anything. He is complete in Himself. Worship is the vital need of man. It's the public declaration by every believer that his rebellion to God is completely finished at the cross. So what are those who have continuously experiencing the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross can worship God? Because in the beginning there was a rebellion with God and the rebellious spirit is in man, he cannot worship God. So without continuously experiencing the efficacy of the cross in our lives, we will not be able to worship God. When I am on the throne, when my will is being done, when I am trying to establish my kingdom, I cannot worship God. Pride will hinder, God resists the proud. Psalm 100 verse 3, if anyone has, can open and read it for us, please. Know that the Lord, He is God, it is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of the pasture. It's not we who made ourselves. It's a sharp rebuke to the thinking that man is not created. Such a thing is going around in the world that man is not created. But it says that it's not we who made ourselves but God. So worship is also it involves the need of man to walk away from the civilian needs. Worship is not mere lip service, saying nice words before God. Worship is a matter of the heart, where the whole person is involved in all that he attains in God's presence. Leviticus chapter 6, verse 12 and 13. Can someone read it for us? Leviticus 6, 12 and 13. The fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not go out. The priest shall burn wood on it every morning, and you shall arrange the burnt offering on it. It shall burn on it the grass of the peace offering. The fire on the altar shall never be put out. For a believer, worship never stops, never ends. It's a lifelong process, it continues. We may say worship is over here that stop rate worship. But worship in the heart of a believer continues forever. In Revelation 4.8 we see that 
the worship was day and night. Day and night. Sunday worship time, the different members of the body of Christ come together. It's a time of reminding that we are part of the body and the head is Jesus Christ. So all the parts are coming together to meet together to remind us that we are part of that body. Jesus Christ is the head. It's a corporate time, together time. To worship together and together time to encourage one another. It seldom happens encouraging one another. We are very busy, we go away. To edify one another and time to build one another in Christ, our unity in Christ. A corporate time to learn from one another. A time to remind and remember the cross of Christ and what happened to us on the cross. So prior to coming to worship, we have to do a lot of homework, prepare ourselves to come. But many come to the Sunday service, then maybe the only time they think of worship. That's wrong. The Lord said in John's Gospel, chapter 4, 23 to 24, John 4, 23 to 24. But the hour cometh, and now is, and the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and the truth. For the Father speaketh such to worship him. In spirit and in truth. If you notice that in spirit is in small letter, in our spirit. That's another matter I'm not taking it. In truth, whatever we say before God must be true. Yes must be yes, no must be no. The outward and the inner being must be the same. That's called genuine, sincere, authentic. The word I, the common use is, I believe. I want to mention a few things about that. Believing is an important work. John 6, 29. What's the work we must do? This is the work of God. You believe in the one who's sent. You believe in Jesus Christ. It's a work. Belief is not a mere cerebral mass. It's not merely intellectual. The whole person is involved. The intellect, the will, the body, and the spirit is involved. But belief is commonly used in a very restricted or narrow sense. For example, somebody says, I believe tomorrow is my exam. But he might have not studied at all. He says, if I don't study, I will fail. But he doesn't study even still. 
He believes, but he doesn't act. An existing fact is accepted, but you are not allowing your life to be affected by what you believe. Do not allow it to change your life. I usually give an example. A small boy got on his overture. He was not able to come down for fear. He was clinging onto the tree. The father came down and stood there and said, Jump, Johnny, I will take hold of you. He said, I am afraid. Will I leave you? No, Daddy. Do you believe? Yes, Daddy. Jump, he clings on the tree. Does he believe? Yes, he believes as a fact, as an information he believes. But his will is not involved in act. Faith without work is dead. Then he believes and troubles that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Yet he will not stop working against God. You may believe that. I believe Jesus Christ will judge my life. Yet you may live a life in sin. Mere intellectual agreement with a fact is not believing. Is a whole person involved. In John's Gospel, chapter 5, Jesus Christ presents Five witnesses from verse 32 onwards. Five witnesses to get people to believe that he is the Son of God. The first witness he says, I bear witness of myself. Then he says, John the Baptist bore witness of me. Then he says, My father bore witness of me. Then he says, The work I am doing is bearing witness of me. As the Science. Then finally he says, the word of God is bearing witness of him. Five witnesses he presented, but in the same chapter. Shall we read 538? John 538. But you do not have his word abiding in you because whom he tells him you do not believe. Yes, you do not believe. 540. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. Yes, you search the scriptures diligently. In it, you think it's eternal life. They bear witness of me. Yet, you refuse to come. You are unwilling to come to me to have eternal life. You stop with Bible study. You are not coming to me to have eternal life. 543. I have come in my Father's name and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. Do you understand what you see? If there is a road from downwards, we obey it. But the word of God, we find it very difficult to obey. Who is great? Who is great? I have come in my father's name, you don't believe me. But someone else comes in his own name, we believe. In the name of science, we believe. We quote the authority of the textbooks. Do we quote the authority of the Word of God? 544. 
How can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from the Holy God? This, who is great God or man, will immediately serve God as great. Whom do we fear? God or man? Man. Who is great then? All our worship crumbles to nothing when we say we fear man. How can you believe when you receive honor from one another and do not believe that the honor, do not wait for the honor that comes from God? 547. But if you do not believe in writing, how will you believe my word? See, <laughs> Moses and Old Testament was bearing witness of God. And he was expounding to them from the word of God. But they refused to believe. So five witnesses and five occasions, Jesus Christ says, you don't believe. You don't believe. When we read these words, do they read our lives? It's not enough to read the word, allow the word to read your life. They want to. Do we need proofs to show the problem that we are discussing? Can you write down some of the commandments of Jesus Christ given in the New Testament and then try to stick that I am progressively obeying them? I think it is sick is dead. When he was old, he was in Africa. Doctor said you should not go to the mission field. He went with a very, very bad heart. While there in the midnight, he was reading the Bible in a chimney land. Someone asked, what are you reading? He said, my Lord has said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I am checking whether I have left any commandments. Christians may search the Bible to find whether they have kept any commandments. Do we believe? When we fight for our rights, when we want to establish our kingdom and power and authority in the place of work, do we believe that Jesus Christ is King? True worship, what will happen? Reverence for God is not some respect you show out of your courtesy, your magnanimity, your broad-mindedness. It's not. What happens when you realize His greatness, majesty, preeminence? My wisdom is nothing. My riches are nothing. What I have is not mine. My strength is useless. My plans can easily be frustrated by God. All my courage, confidence, righteousness melt away. And I kneel down or fall down. Raise my hands. Lips trembling. Hearts trembling. 
hands lifted up. We praise and thank God. That's so she. It's an inner response. Inner response. I want you to read from 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 to 3. We need to be very careful watching. How to identify the spirit of Antichrist? Not confessing that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Every spirit that will not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is the spirit of Antichrist. But shall we read from Mark 5 and 7? And three and eleven. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not promise me. Three eleven. And the unclean spirits, whenever they saw him, fell down before him and cried out, saying, You are the Son of God. Now John is writing that. They will not confess. But we read that evil spirits are confessed. Is there a contradiction in the Bible? This is enough for people to say your Bible is contradicted. How do they say? What's the difference then with ours and devils belief? What's the difference? Lord Jesus Christ is the supreme one in the universe. We have very many passages read here. He is the supreme one in the whole universe. The preeminent one. Lord of lords and king of kings. Every knee shall bow before him. Every time we confess his Lord. They will be afraid of him, free from him, but will never give him that place. See, Lucifer, when he was in heaven, had seen Jesus Christ face to face. When he meets him on earth, he cannot say that I don't know you. He knows him very well. And he says, I know you. But he also knows that there is a time of punishment. So he tells the Lord, 
Why have we come to punish this before time? Remember, he will run away from Jesus Christ. He will run away from Jesus Christ. That's not obedience, that's only fear. Obedience comes from your own will. Willfully, joyfully obey. Devil will never ever give Jesus Christ a preeminent place. He wanted that place. He wanted that place and that's why he was cast out from God's presence. Devil will never give him the preeminent place. He knows the authority of Jesus Christ, but he is fighting for that place. Have Christians given him that place? Second Corinthians 13 5. Can you read that? Second Corinthians 13 5. Faith is the lifeline of a Christian. The lifeline has to be tested, otherwise we may fall. We need to stand till the end. If you are getting in your well or you are climbing a mountain using a rope, you will test the rope before you climb or go down into the well. Otherwise, if it stands in the middle, you will fall and break. Yes. So faith has to be tested. The Lord says, the word says that your faith must be tested. For salvation to become a reality, we need to believe the gospel. Bible says in Romans 10, 9 that we believe in the gospel. Believe that Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. It's part of the gospel, the whole gospel is. Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and he was buried. Jesus Christ was raised on the third day according to the scriptures and was seen by the person. So that part is believe in the gospel. Then we need to confess that Jesus Christ is our Lord. Second part of that verse is confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is our Lord. Then you will be saved. Confess that He is the Supreme One, the preeminent one. Confess to ourselves, confess to others, to the devil when needed. Have you confessed to others? Have you confessed in your working place that Jesus Christ is my Lord? Have the husbands confessed to the wives that Jesus Christ is my Lord? If I behave differently, please tell me. Have the wives confessed? Have the parents confessed to the children that Jesus Christ is our Lord? If we behave differently, you can tell us. Then they will tell you. There is a friend, a lawyer. I was asking him, if anybody is visiting a court, nobody will ask him a question. The moment we get into the witness stand, question The moment we declare it about 
that Jesus Christ is the Lord. Everyone will push. The best way to keep silent. Declare with your mouth. His preeminence. Who is the preeminent in our conversation? When we talk about topic, one another, who is the center of conversation? Is it yourself or is it Jesus Christ? Paul says that we do not preach ourselves, but we preach Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Christ's sake. Sad thing that happens in that. And a pulpit is given. The preacher may be talking about himself and his work for 15 minutes. And then he will say, Shall we read the word? And for lack of time, shall we pray? Dear ones, it's sad. Who is the center, preeminent one in your prayer? Is it all around yourself? Or is it Jesus Christ? Collect all the prayers in the New Testament. You will find that Jesus Christ is the center in all prayer. All prayer. In God's will. It's a strange thing that sometimes we find a word called self-centered God's will. There's nothing like that. Is it comfortable for me? Is it good for me? Is it convenient for me? Then it is God's will. Remember, God's will for Stephen was that he will be sown to death. God's will for John the Baptist was that he will be beheaded. God's will for our Lord Jesus Christ that he will be crucified. If any of these things are revealed to us, we say it's from the devil. But if it is a promotion or a foreign trip, it is from God's will. In time, who is the preeminent Most of the Christians say that they don't have time for prayer, Bible study, family prayer, fellowships. Why? Why? If he is the preeminent one, he will get the time to make it clear for you. None of us will go to a workplace in a nightdress because we didn't have time to change. Why do we change? It's important. Important things get time for us. Important things get, you get time for it. Is Jesus Christ important? Why do we say we don't have time? Tell it openly to him. We don't care for you. You are not important for us. With money, who is the preeminent one? Is money making decisions in life? Is Jesus Christ making decisions? No one can serve two monsters. If he tries to serve, he will despise God, he will hate God and cling on to money. In those setting, ambitions, 
who is the preeminent one? Is it our own ambitions? Jesus Christ said, as the Father has sent me, so have I sent you into the world. If you study the life of Jesus Christ, he says, I did not come to do my will, but the will of the Father who sent me. What he says in John's Gospel, he says, I am sent. He was very clear of that. As the Father has sent him, he has sent us all. Only question we can ask, what do you want me to do, Lord? Believers cannot have their own ambitions. Jesus Christ said, follow me. Do we say, follow me? Do we say that? Wherever I am going, bless me. Whatever I am doing, bless me. Do you know what you are saying? Follow me. No. He said, the preeminent one said, follow me. All that we can do is, like the lamb follows the shepherd we have to follow. The kingdom of God, his kingdom has values and principles. Have you incorporated these values and kingdoms into your daily life? Then only the kingdom has come. Luke 12, 15. Can someone read that? One of the kingdom values. And he fell unto them, take heed and beware of covetousness. For man's life and sister was in the abundance of the things which he has given. Life does not consist in the abundance of one's possessions. Abundance of education, abundance of job, abundance of salary, abundance of deposits, abundance of reserve, securities. No. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. The day we say that it is so, the danger is we will get into covetousness. Really, really. Now, have you incorporated this principle into life? Because life is in Christ. The one who has the Son has the life. The one who does not have, does not have the life. Life is not in abundance. Luke 16, 15. And he said unto them, Ye are they, ye are they who testify yourselves before men, but God knoweth your heart. That is highly esteemed among men, the abomination and the sight of God. If we collect our value systems, the way we measure people, esteem people, and put it on a shield, then we read this word. What is highly esteemed among men is abomination to God. Do we hate what God hates? If someone speaks in English, he is valued. If someone speaks only in Canada, he is not valued. That value system God hates. If someone comes in a car, he is valued, esteemed. If he comes walking, he is rejected. 
James is writing about that in the church. That value system, God hates. Do we accept this value system? What is highly esteemed among men is abomination to God. Do we hate what God hates? Acts 20, 35. He says it is more blessed to give than to receive. But what is our value system? Blessing is to get. Blessing is to get. Is it to give? It's more blessed to give. Now, what I'm asking, have you incorporated these value systems into our daily living? Then we can say the kingdom of God is coming, has come. I mentioned this, as the Father has sent me, so have I sent them, regarding my love and love one another. Teach them to observe everything I have commanded you. This is His will. This is His will. Are we doing His will? Whereas the opposite, the world, the world is upside down. The world's values are crooked. The world's values are hated by God. It's abomination in the sight of God. The whole world lies under Him. There are rulers, powers, principalities, world forces of darkness, spiritual forces of wickedness. That world is an arrangement, an order under the evil one. It has its own rules, it constitutes its own values. God said, I am taking you from the world and I am sending you into the world. As I am not of the world, you do not belong to the world. Do not belong to the world. Satan defeats and deviates the mind from the pure devotion to Christ. That is his purpose, that is his work. To deviate our mind from pure and simplicity of devotion to Christ. Preach is another gospel and another Christ and another spirit. Blind eyes from seeing the gospel, the glory of the gospel. He rules the fallen people. Gives the spirit of disobedience to them. In Ephesians chapter 2 we read that they began to walk according to the course of the world, according to this rule of the year, according to the spirit of disobedience. So he gives them the spirit of disobedience and they cannot obey. They do not, they do what the flesh and mind wants. This is what the devil is doing in the world. He is the father of life. Demons serve him. Very wise and plans cunningly. 
He came to steal, kill and destroy his agenda. Deceives, deceiver and produces counterfeits. He tempts in various ways to sin, implants wrong thoughts. Spirit of disobedience. Satan's spirit is spirit of disobedience. It's a very special spirit. It will never allow us to obey God but in all ways help you to raise it. Spirit of Antichrist, Spirit of Slavery, Spirit of Oppression, He does miracle. The world is an order of system and arrangement, its glory and powers are with Him. He can give it to anyone who he wants. They must worship him. The lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, pride of life are from him and not from God. He makes people to love the world. So he can give it to anyone he wants. They must worship him. salvation. Man separated from God who came under the evil one. The evil one said, there is no one to help you. You must save yourself. Man separated from God developed three problems. Loneliness, insecurity, and inferiority. Fear of rejection. Spirit of slavery. Save yourself. Climb, come back, compete, and compromise. There is a ladder in the society which the devil is making us climb. The unrighteous man is used for that money. He makes people to love it. He creates the desire to become rich. He makes people to serve it. It soon becomes the master and decides, causes them to deviate from faith. It traps and destroys them finally. He works incognito. He is not seen. Makes them fight with human beings. He is the accuser of the brothers. He is the angel of the light. Very patient and subtle. He gives you no peace. Hides himself in many things he does not exist. Now, this is the spirit of Antichrist. What spirit is working in the heart of Christians? Do we give him the preeminence in our life? In everything we do. Is he the preeminent one? 
Is he the one who decides everything for our life? He is the one who is controlling everything in our life. Daughter and perfect of her feet. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. It's not to be a lip service. It has to be from the heart. The whole being has to be involved. Is it true? How will we know? Closely. Shall we be silent? As we remain silent, ask one question. Is He truly the Lord of my life? Is He the preeminent one in my life? The Supreme One. Has His Kingdom come in us? We are asked to pray. Let Your name be glorified. Let Your Kingdom come. Let your will be done in my life. Is it true? We also are asked to pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Do you know what is the temptation? The Lord again told us, For thine is the kingdom, power and the glory, forever and ever. The temptation is to go out and take it. The temptation is to go out and take it. To build my kingdom. To seek after my glory. To make my will happen. That's the rebellion with God. The rebellion is over at the cross. I have it crucified with me. It's no more right of Christ who lives in me. The life now I live is it by faith in the one who died and rose again. None of us live for ourselves anymore, but for the one who died and rose again for us. Whether we live, we belong, live for him. Whether we die, we die for him. I pray for my dear brothers and sisters here. We have submitted the life to you. Lord, we pray that they may not be deceived on the way. The spirit of Andy Christ who is trying to deceive may not deceive anyone of us. We may stand firm to the end. Pray for each one. Continue to work in us. That the glorious name of the Lord will be lifted up in our lives. And we declare to the world Jesus Christ is our Lord in our life, in our homes, in our workplace. That those who see, we definitely say that 
change life cannot happen by their effort and they will believe that Father, you have sent Jesus Christ to the world.